Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam and I get to serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And with me as always is Pastor Eric Nelson. Um, He's kind of sunburned today. Adam, my face hurts, man. I look like a tomato. (laughs) My forehead hurts. (laughs) Mikey dodged a bullet yesterday. We were out in the salt flats getting ready for Easter, shooting some content. And it just didn't dawn on me that... uh, it's white out there, and the sun, the Utah sun, will destroy your face. Yeah. So I had to look into a camera and do some things while the sun beat down on me for hours, and I didn't wear sunscreen. None of us Rookie did, mistake. Yeah. If you're yeah. new to Utah, new to this state, get the sunscreen out. When it's 45 degrees out, you're not thinking, oh, the sun's going to burn me. <laughs> on top of you're that, just, there was yeah. wind, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently um, none of you ski. I, I actually <laughs> do like to ski. Well, I, I have, like, my helmet on and, you know, my goggles and stuff. Yeah, so, so oh, it's yeah. Uh, it, it really was rough. My wife has like this spray stuff. Oh, my wife was trying to put me on that on me yesterday. My wife was taking care of me. She's like spritzing me. Like first thing when I, <laughs> I woke up, she's like, here, <laughs> let me spray this on you. <laughs> it was all over my face. It but was sunscreen? It, no, it was no, it's like, like it's a healing. healing. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like aloe juice. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Aloe vera exactly. Juice. Yeah. exactly. Like that, yeah. It's for it's for my mountain bike crashes, but uh-huh. it works great for sunburns from sermon content. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't figured out, Mike Bell, our campus pastor at the Draper location, is with us here today. Paul is is away for for this week, so Mike. Mike's here. Happy to be joining you. Your face looks uh, comfortable, Mike. Yes. You, don't look fr- you look normal. I, I am not in any pain right Must now. Must be nice. I wonder <laughs> if Jesus... So I have this joke. Uh, uh, when Jesus says, pick up his cross, pick up your cross, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. is this what he had in mind? You know, serving the Lord. <laughs> That's right, uh, when, when Jesus says to Peter, feed my sheep, I used to have this joke with my staff when we would be doing something that just seems crazy and so weird to do as a pastor, like shooting videos in the salt flats with a sunburn. I'd say, is this what he meant by feed my sheep? And I guess in the 21st century, it, perhaps it does. It is, you maybe. can stretch the words to mean whatever you want them to. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's a great plan. Anyways, we're feeding the sheep. We're getting ready for Easter. Yep. Sunburns mm-hmm. and all. That's right. Yeah. I, I, more sunburn than I was even in Cabo, but I wore, uh, I wore sunscreen there. So. <laughs> all right. So we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 now. And mm-hmm. for our listeners that are usually here, um, you probably already know we're in the, the New International Version, the NIV. Um, the nearly inspired version. <laughs> nearly inspired version. That's right. Um, and so, if you want to follow along, that's what that's what we usually read from. And uh, chapter eight's not a super long chapter. No, I'm really excited to talk about it. It's uh, a very first century uh, uh, pinch point mm-hmm. that really plays out in our culture today. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike, I think we're going to apply what we're going to read and perhaps how the issues of Halloween, yoga. Pad tie, cussing, drinking. I mean, all these and face masks. Yeah, and fa- oh, masks. Oh, you yes, it up. here we go. So, um, it's it's going to be really fun. So let's dive into it. Yeah. yeah. So I'll read the first section here. Uh, so this is Paul uh, speaking, the Apostle Paul, and he says, "Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do." N- do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. 
Hey, can we stop right there for yeah. a second? Mm-hmm. I think there's a great place here for a shout out to one of our cultural values. I was going to do the same thing, <laughs> Mike. Oh, wow. Great oh, minds wow. think alike. Love it. What is that cultural value, Eric? We measure maturity <laughs> based on not how much someone knows, but based on how well someone loves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because although knowledge can puff up, and that is some of the problem we see. Mm-hmm. Someone knows too much for their own good. Yes. <laughs> right? yeah. yes. It gets in the way of love. And so that happened in the in the first century uh, with a very specific uh, issue, you know, food sacrifice to idols. Um, that doesn't really compute with us mm-hmm. in the West, although it still happens today across the, the globe. I think yeah. the closest thing is uh, perhaps if you pray before you eat. I think that's built into a lot of cultures, yep. uh, you know, Southern culture, religious mm-hmm. culture. I, I pray before I eat. My kids, they never want to. The other day I was like, no, you want to pray? She's like, no, dad. I'm like, oh, what do I do? Anyways, different mm. issue, parenting issue, different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't force discipline my, that child. I don't force my kids to pray. I, <laughs> I just don't want to, don't want to do that. Um, but in the first century world, there was a variety of pagan gods that were worshipped, and one way to worship them was to dedicate food to them. And so there were plenty of shrines all around the city. Uh, people would walk up to the shrine of Apollo or Venus perhaps Zeus, and they would sacrifice animals. Well, now you got all this, all these animals sitting around. You can't let that go to waste, you know? Yeah. You gotta, if you're a hunter here in Utah, you don't let that meat go to waste. You got to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And so you would sell it at the market. Um, but people would know, well, that meat that you're buying was sacrificed to a god. And if you're ingesting, if you're receiving that meat, are you receiving that God into your life? Are you worshiping that God? And for many people, it was, yes, I, of course, sacrifice to the God, then I eat it, because that God has provided the food for me in the first place. And then what happens is you become a Christian, and you still need to eat, and the meat's pretty tasty. And so are you now worshiping another God Mm. other than Jesus um, when you participate uh, in that meal. And so this is the issue that was going that was going on. And so people were really confused about this. Some were saying, it doesn't matter, it's just meat. And some are saying, no, it absolutely does matter. Um, you're worshiping another God. And so that was Ooh. the tension in the first century. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I feel like that is such an interesting tension. I feel like that's that's I, I feel like if I was living in this time, I would I would be like, uh, I don't know. What, you know, well, I would have the same question. Yeah. yeah, what do I do? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, though, if if we're connecting knowledge puffs up while loves build builds up to mm. the topic you just mm-hmm. brought up, so it would be. I think. I guess what we're saying is the the people who are who are saying it's nothing, it's it's no big deal, mm-hmm. and they're making their philosophical or uh, informational po- uh, argument mm-hmm. for that, and saying you shouldn't care. Mm-hmm about what you eat because of A, B, C, and D, the Apostle Paul's going to go on and say, actually, that's the wrong posture right. to have again, uh, towards your weaker brother. Yeah, and weaker mm. is the, um, the word that's used to describe the person who struggles with it. I, mm. I think we hear weaker, and uh, you know, we might hear something pejorative, mm-hmm. but Paul's just trying to describe um, they're not as far along in their maturity process. Right. They don't have that knowledge yet. Mm. And it sounds to me like the people with the knowledge the knowledge of the meat is nothing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The God is nothing, and yeah. he's going to get to that. They were belittling the people who saw it differently. Mm-hmm. It seems like they were looking down on them. Yeah. They were so puffed up in their knowledge, and Paul needs to needs to correct that. Yeah. So okay. that's where he goes, goes next. So okay. keep going, Adam. So here Paul continues. So then about eating food sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that... 
There is no God but one. So that's the knowledge, right? That's mm-hmm. the theological clarity. That's the mm-hmm. truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. That's the truth of the matter. He's making that point, saying, I know this is the real deal. These idols are nothing. Therefore, the meat that was sacrificed to him, it was just, it was just preparation. It was just mm-hmm. cooking class. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. Okay, let's pause right there. Lowercase g. Yes. What he's saying is, I know people think they're gods, yes. though. Yeah. And so he's kind of saying, I, I know... He's, he's, he's kind of diving into their culture and saying they're treated as gods, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of now he's balancing it out. There is no other god than the god of the Bible, uh, Yahweh. Mm-hmm. But people um, live their life as if there are. Many yeah, gods. Right. It still happens today. He's kind yeah. of doing air quotes around it. Yeah, there are many uh-huh. gods, Definitely. there are many lords. Mm-hmm. Um, yet for us, there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Let's start there. Uh, stop there for a second. This is just a little parenthetical. So what would you say, Eric, if I was going through this passage with you and uh-huh. I said... Hey, Eric, based on this passage, it doesn't look like Jesus is actually God. Oh. It looks like there's only one God, uh-huh. the Father. Yeah. And Jesus is something lesser. Wow. That's a good question. Uh, Christianity has always been monotheistic, so the one God thing comes out onto the text here. Yeah. But what he's doing here is very, very tricky. He actually just borrowed language and structured it in a way that would represent the great Shema from Deuteronomy. There uh, is only one God. Uh-huh. But mm. then what he does, and Paul grew up Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the great Shema, I mean, he had it memorized. He had it tattooed on his, I mean, not, not <laughs> He probably didn't have a tattoo of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have violated Leviticus. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have. Anyway, <laughs> no. um, point being, uh, oh, we're having fun now. Um, point, point being, uh, he's reiterating there is only one God. And then he's bringing Jesus into the heart of the great Shema, mm. which was completely heretical for the Jewish listener of the day. Uh, this is, I mean, it was, this oh, was wild. What, recite the Shema for everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh, Mike. <laughs> well, I'll uh, do it if you... You got it? There yeah, is... Mike. Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. one. Yes. All right. And then I think it ends right there. But the interesting thing is that the word one in Hebrew in the Shema is the word echad, which means compound unity. Whoa. Whoa. Compound unity. One it's compounded? A, Is that it, it, it's like saying that uh, uh, you're, you're referring to a cluster of grapes as one. Ooh. It's the like same kind of a thing. So interesting. He could have used, the, the, the Shema could have used the word yachid, which is uniquely one, but it uses a kad. So a, for a long time, Jewish believers have been arguing, even in the Shema, there is room for the Trinity. Yeah, and so it's interesting what you're about to say about how yeah. Paul has roped Jesus in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he says Jesus through whom all things came. Yes, there is but one God. <laughs> Jesus is fully God. I think yeah. that's the point that he's that he is making. Yeah, um, in- not not trying to uh, make a distinction between uh, Jesus and the Father in the sense that um, let me see. I want to be really clear in, in how I say this. I think he's trying to speak to the unity, mm-hmm. not trying to divide them as he explains them differently. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. for the listener who's listening to this and doesn't have the text in front of him, in verse six, it says, all in you know, one verse. So God the Father, from whom all things came 
And like you said, Eric, then the very next sentence, essentially, um, there's one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all, all things, things came. came. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. So so we sometimes read English. We, we, you know, we read left to right. And so when we hear there is one, there's this one, and now there is this other one. Mm. That's not how I think this is supposed to be. There is mm-hmm. one. The Father mm-hmm. makes up one, and the Son makes up one. I think mm-hmm. that's how he's explaining it. Mm. Um, but he gives the same attributes or the same... Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they did the same thing. Yep, yes. exactly. Right. So Which I think this absolutely is a Trinitarian passage. It absolutely is. And, and, and the Jewish writers, they did not think like Greeks, mm-hmm. and so they weren't trying to put God in a box and come up with a word like Trinity. Mm. They would do it in a more mystical sort of like, hey, I'm just going to throw this out on the table and you do with it what you will. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, back to how we read in English, when we see something that comes before something else, we think number one, now number two. Right, and right. they're very separate. Mm-hmm. That's not how the sentence is structured. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man, this is worth the price of admission, right? Here. Wow. You guys are, Mike, you guys are Paul's fired. It. He got to get you on this podcast. I don't know if he's listening. Probably uh, not. Probably not. <laughs> but I, I love how that does tie into other things that the Apostle Paul says in Colossians about how all things were made through him and by him mm-hmm. and for him and how he reconciled all things to himself. I mean, in him, in Jesus, lives uh, the fullness of the deity and yep. bodily form. I mean, come on. You you can't get any more deity than that right. with Jesus. Yeah, and when a first century reader would have read this, they would have read it as, he's telling us Jesus is God. Yeah. That's how they would have read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah, so Paul continues, coming up with knowledge here. He says, but not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god, and since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, and no better if we do. All right. Mm. That's pretty clear. Yeah. Um, It is defiled. Mike, do you think that means... Because they violated their conscience, they actually have sinned? Or is it because of their believing the meat actually is, the meat itself is defiled? Do you have a thought there on what the it is defiled means? I think it is they're, they're defiling their conscience because right. they've, they've determined in their minds that it would be wrong to eat it and then they eat it. Right. And so that has interesting implications for when something technically is not wrong, but uh-huh. you believe it is, and you do it anyway. Oh, there's another passage in the Testament. It says, for them it is sin if, yeah. if you violate your mm-hmm. conscience, right? That's, yes. Ooh, we could pause and look that up. But yeah. anyways, um, I think this little moment, which we could easily fly by, mm-hmm. actually brings power into the argument for the person who needs to stop eating in front of them so that they don't stumble. Because mm. it actually is really, really hurting them. Mm-hmm. Mm. It, it, you are defiling them, so to speak, because you're putting them into a situation where they're violating their conscience yeah. Yeah. or whatever. And so that's so I think this actually supports what he says next and makes what he says next more, more powerful. It speaks to having patience in maturity, too. Another mm-hmm. one of our cultural values. You yep. know, mm-hmm. we, we honor the process in which God changes people from the inside out. And so there's going to be those moments where you're like, oh, can't you just hurry up and mature? <laughs> and, and no, we have to be patient with people, and that, that means we voluntarily li- limit our own preferences sometimes. Mm. Absolutely. And that's where, that's where he's going next. Now, he does make the important point that the, the truth here is it matters. Food does not bring us nearer to God. We're no worse if we do not eat, no better if we do. Mm-hmm. That's just an important line. Yeah. It, you know, it's important also because I think 
for the first century Jewish believers, they, I believe, continued, the New Testament seems to indicate, they continued to eat a certain way mm-hmm. according to the Mosaic law, but they abrogate it, they, they do what's... Um, Boy, what's called a light and heavy in mm-hmm. Judaism when they're around Gentiles and they're having table fellowship together, mm-hmm. and I they would say sh- fellowship in Messiah in Christ is more important than keeping kosher, mm-hmm. and so they would eat whatever was put before them. Yep. And so it, it's not a surprise to see him saying food does not bring us nearer to God, right? Uh. Because it's not such a that should not be the heavier law that yep. you keep kosher. That's a great point, Mike. Wow. I, I, I like to sum it up like this. Paul is simultaneously freeing Christians from living under the guilt that comes from eating a piece of meat dedicated mm-hmm. uh, to a false god, but he's trying to honor those who are in the process of coming to this understanding. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. a both and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't need to feel guilty or sinful because you ate a piece of meat dedicated to Apollos. At the same time, uh, you need to honor those who don't have the understanding yet. And I love this because mm-hmm. it's not a black and white rule. Mm-hmm. It's a relational yeah. ethic. Yes, yep. absolutely. And religion wants to give you black and white rules, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think of some religions here in the state of Utah, they have rules around absolutely everything. Yeah. And in some ways, I think the rules can rob us of a relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. Of absolutely. the conversation where my obedience to rules is more important to me than the relationship I have with you. That would be a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this is what the Apostle Paul is doing here. I remember, uh, t- to your point, back when the passion of the Christ mm. came out, mm-hmm. and there was a real debate in the religious community of Utah, like, oh man, should, should we violate the rated R rule. Yeah. Called the cultural okay. rated R Perfect rule example. to go see this amazing film. And I don't know how many did in that community, but um, I know that that was a, an interesting philosophical debate for them. Wow. That is time. a great example, Mike, because I have that rule in my own life. I have a boundary. You could use boundaries instead of rules, but boundary, it's the same yeah. boundary. Yeah. I, I don't watch rated R movies. However, will I break the rule? Yeah. Yeah. For glory and the passion. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think of other ones that are that are rated R that I'm like that is a great flick, you know. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a no, few. Yeah, Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so this is real wisdom about what does it mean to love God, love people, honor God, honor mm-hmm. people. Mm. Um, boundaries are very, very important. Mm-hmm. But when they become the rule, the standard, they can get in the way. And so this yeah. is we we have to be relational, we have to be loving. Mm. And uh, I love that about gospel community. You know, you yeah. know, it's so interesting to see a passage that's talking about so many, um, you know, big ideas, but also at the same time, if we're going back to the beginning of the chapter, we're talking about humility and knowledge, we're talking about relationships. That's right. Um, I mean, this is this is guidelines for how to be in relationship and community with mm-hmm. a lot of different people. Right. Man, we can always use more wisdom on that. Yeah. Well, theology always plays into relationship. Worldview always plays into your relationships. Mm-hmm. It, it's so interesting. People are like, oh, philosophy, worldview, theology, it doesn't matter. No, it absolutely matters. Mm. What you think... Here's a perfect example. I was I was on my way here. Disney put out this big um, statement recently about mm-hmm. LGBTQ things, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, whatever you believe about that issue, my point is this, it might affect where you go on vacation with your family. Correct. Like, sure. There are people yeah. on both sides of this, like, I'm going to Disney as much as I can. People are like, I'm never going to Disney again. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, your worldview, your sexual ethic, your understanding of gender, it impacts your summer vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and I want people to know that. And, and someone has once said, I don't know who said this, Chesterton or I don't know, some great thinker. 
what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. Mm. And uh, mm. probably wasn't Chesterton, now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> I don't know who, who said it, but... Um, Could have been Lewis. Yeah, and I think that uh, that... I just want people to know that. Yeah. 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 I really want people Absolutely. to know that. Absolutely. All right, well, let's so keep going. Cool. All right. So this is the last section um, from Paul in this chapter. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. All right, let's just pause right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a stumbling block, that which would get in the way of them following Jesus. Mm-hmm. It would be a stumbling block. Yeah. And he says, be careful. I think that's maybe the key application from this whole chapter. Be careful. Be careful. You might be free to do something, but it might not be loving to do that thing. So be careful. Let's apply that to the wearing of masks during a pandemic. Ooh, Why don't you go ahead and do right. that, Mike? Let's, let's, let's go there. No, seriously, yeah. I think that this passage does speak to that argument that went on. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people uh, who I think rightfully were saying um, the evidence does not merit the mask mandate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However... Uh, in spite of that, we had county ordinances, we had all sorts of things, and we had people's personal opinions, and we had a lot of people who were super concerned and thought, hey, any, any, even if it's a modicum mm-hmm. of protection, right. we should be doing this, especially for the weaker people among us. Mm. And so as a church, we decided, and again, me personally, I'm looking at the evidence, I'm saying mm-hmm. I don't see... <laughs> that wearing these masks is, is really going to make that big of a difference at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Um we we voluntarily laid aside our preference to not wear masks and said, mm-hmm. for the people who could get sick around us mm-hmm. and for our weaker brothers who are more terrified than the mm-hmm. rest of us, mm-hmm. we are going to do this. Yep. And mm-hmm. there were people in our midst who argued <laughs> strongly and, and caustically sometimes about how we were cowering mm-hmm. to the left and that... Um, we weren't following the science. And I feel like these are the people who would have been saying, what? It's just me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get over yourself. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I think um, people also criticized SMCC of not advocating for their freedom. You need to stand with me for my freedom. Yeah. That's what our church needs mm-hmm. to do right now. Mm-hmm. I don't see this in that passage. The no. passage is love trumps your freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the gospel. Yeah. Love trumps your freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus lovingly went to the cross, put himself in chains, put himself on a cross. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because love trumped his freedom. The other problem that I saw with that on a more technical level was, you know, people were trying to imply that the government was taking our freedoms away. Mm -hmm. And I I, I had to answer a couple of emails from people who were saying that this is medical tyranny. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I said, look, it's possible that people at the further up the food chain you go, there was probably people that were watching with a notepad to mm-hmm. see how everybody was going to react to these right. restrictions. Right. Yes. But people on a local level, mm-hmm. misguided or not, they just cared about people's health. Right. Mm-hmm. And so stop making it into a macro freedom issue when it's <laughs> when it really just was not that. That is a great point, Mike. So, a macro yeah. freedom issue. I like it. Here's, <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say, here's how I sum this up. Uh, Jared uh, Wilson said, quoted a friend in his book, uh, his commentary on this, so I can't take credit for this line, um, but he says, and I think it's great in so many areas of life, it's more about the venue than the menu, okay? That's what he Ooh, yeah. says. And I just we'll think that for I, us. Okay, all right. So <laughs> it's less about what you're eating and more about who you're around. 
All right. Mm. It's less about what's on the plate, mm-hmm. but the people in the room. Yeah. That's what he's that's what this chapter is about. And so it's okay to eat that meat if the people in the room aren't going to be bothered, distracted, confused, mm-hmm. discouraged. Mm-hmm. But if they are, the venue, if they are discouraged, change up your menu. So abstaining can honor love trumps freedom, purpose over preference. Mm. So another example of this, I think, would be alcohol. Absolutely. Yeah, for so sure. So clearly Jesus turned water into wine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible warns against strong drink, but it mm-hmm. doesn't tell you not to have it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, right. if you're around people who have an issue with alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's been a problem in their own life, or they just feel very strongly that Christians should not partake, mm-hmm. perhaps you should limit your freedom. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, flip side, uh, Paul, if he were here, would just say he doesn't drink. Pastor Paul, Paul mm-hmm. Roby. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he gets in a room with people who are drinking, he doesn't throw a fit. He doesn't get discouraged no. by that. Yeah, right. So no. he's not the weaker brother in that conversation. Yeah. He's okay with it. He knows how to abstain, and he's not distracted or discouraged. Yeah. Um, here's one, Mike. Uh, there's a good, great pad thai place in town. In fact, I might <laughs> go there today. Um, and when I'm sitting there eating, if I look right over to the left, there's an elephant there. I think that represents one of the Hindu gods, correct? Do you remember... Do, were you a Simpsons fan? <laughs> no. Yeah. There was an episode... Before where, my time. Where, <laughs> 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 uh, there's an episode where Homer walks, he's skipping church, and he walks into the convenience store, and what's that guy's name who's at the, Ooh, the guy behind the counter, yeah. he's Indian? Oh, yeah. Uh, and oh, I forget. Yeah. Anyway, he goes up and he sees that elephant god in the corner, and... Um, it, uh, <laughs> well, actually, no. What happens is he walks in, and he says, oh, I, you're open on a Sunday. I see I'm not the only one who um, who's skipping religion today. And, and the guy goes, oh, no, no, my, my God is right over there, and it's the, the, the elephant the, yeah. God. <laughs> and Homer says, hey, little buddy, do you want something to eat? <laughs> and the guy behind the counter goes, please do not offer my God a peanut. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so in the, you know, in our culture, if if someone from SMCC sees me walk out of the pad Thai joint, they're not thinking, "Well, Eric was just worshiping mm-hmm. uh, in the system of Hinduism." Of Hinduism yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No one, yeah. no one thinks that, right? And when I sit there, I still pray to Jesus and I dive into my pad Thai. It's delicious, right? So, um, I think that's an example of I'm free to eat there. It's okay, not, it's nothing in our culture. Yeah, and no, nobody would bat an eye at that. What if you went to the Hindu temple in South Jordan? Where they have some killer uh, Indian food mm-hmm. for sale, it's literally at the temple, right? Mm. And and your it's, money and it's cheap, and your money <laughs> for the meat goes to back into the worship system. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ooh. okay. Now we're getting a little. Are you supporting? Are you supporting that? There is another. Or are you building a bridge with those people? It would take a conversation because it? you're maybe you're planning to come yep. back. During yep. one of their services, I would probably not go into the temple <laughs> by the meat because if so, I mean, yeah, I don't want to get too in the weeds on mm-hmm. this. Once again, we're not looking at rules here, mm-hmm. but I think if someone from SMCC drove by, it would cause them to think I might get an email, a phone call, a text. What, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Not that they would uh, immediately assume that I was somehow struggling in my faith. <laughs> I right. don't think they would. No. Um, but I think they would take notice. You know what I mean? Um, huh. There was something else that came up recently um, that was so interesting. Oh, man, I, I haven't thought about this in a long time, so this is mm-hmm. really unrefined. Mike, maybe you can help me sure. you know, refine these thoughts. Something like, um, oh, this is going to be punchy. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard somebody once say something to me like, if you support that cause, and I, or if you pay taxes, and the taxes support Planned Parenthood, you are actually supporting abortion. 
Have you ever heard that line of thinking before? Like if you're, if in any way your money is going to something on the other, you know, way down the line, 20 mm-hmm, steps mm-hmm, down the line, mm-hmm. you're responsible. And it's like, wow, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, if Jesus, uh, you know, pulled a, a coin out of a fish's mouth and okay. said, give to Caesar, render to Caesar what Caesar's, I mean, the Romans were doing all sorts of things that were right. against the Torah. Right. 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 Yet he still said, give Caesar what Caesar's. So I don't think that the argument really mm-hmm. works because yeah. God has put governments in place even when they're ungodly. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. eh, I mean... And, it, and that that becomes also, I know that um, Shane Claiborne, who wrote Irresistible Revolution yep. and Jesus for President, some other books, he he would make his own clothes, he would make his own shoes mm-hmm. out of tires because he didn't want his money to go to a big corporation right. that might have slave, mm. slave labor overseas. I mean, I get the heart behind that, right. but... I don't know that mm-hmm. we're supposed to be in the weeds with every single decision. I mean, we should think about where our chocolate's coming from and yeah. where our diamonds are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. But you can go crazy yeah. trying to mm. keep from violating a moral commandment in any way, shape, or form. Sins of omission, you know. Yep. I, I don't know. I don't and, know where the line is. And there. the reason we're diving into this, and it might seem like a, a real tangent, although I don't think it is, is because we do have a tendency to become so OCD about religion that we try to make everything into a rule for everybody. Yeah. And this passage is freeing us from that. It's bringing Mm -hmm. wisdom and relationship into the conversation. There's a real term out there called religious scrupulosity, where people... uh, (laughs) It's almost a mental illness. No, it is. It's it's an obsessiveness. Yeah, Yeah, they are so focused on all the rules of religion that they are paralyzed in their lives. In fact, my wife just told me a story of someone in, in town, one of her colleagues' kids, would read the 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 scriptures for um, their scriptures, I think mm-hmm. I think not the Bible, mm. for for hours at a time, meticulously. And it was like, oh, because they were so obsessive about the, the rules, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think there is this temptation to go down that pathway with, okay, Halloween and Christmas and no, but Easter, you can't say Easter, it's Resurrection Day. And like every mm-hmm. single mm-hmm. thing. And yeah. I see where people are coming from. And if you don't want to say Easter, fine, don't say Easter, say Resurrection Day. But yeah. don't make that for everybody everywhere. That's what yes. Paul is trying to prevent the Corinthians from doing. Yeah. It's kind of the flip side of what we've been talking about. Like, you're, you're trying to honor your weaker brother, but when people come to you and they say, you shouldn't celebrate Easter because Ishtar or Estarte mm-hmm. or whatever, the, the you know, it's a pagan god name, and don't use Easter lilies because they're a fertility symbol mm-hmm. and eggs and bunnies and everything... And 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 they're not the weaker brother in this sense, but 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 it's this argument. It's the argument of the person who says the idol is nothing mm-hmm. that we use in those mm-hmm. conversations. We're right. saying, no, the symbolism is nothing. The Easter bunny is nothing because yeah. nobody's actually using it as a fertility symbol. Right. We're we're using it as a cultural bridge yeah. yes. to reach people in the culture who don't have a clue where that stuff yeah. came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So weaker brother is not the same as arrogant or scared brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ah, there you, you get go. What I'm saying, yeah. and I just think yeah. that's a different category. Or the uh, the knowledge yeah. puffs up brother. Yeah, who, who the their puffed, knowledge. The puffed brother. The puffed brother. Puff daddy. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Who's <laughs> Who's P. saying, Diddy. 
Halloween is pagan and satanic, <laughs> and you shouldn't Halloween. give it any sort yeah. of mention or, or nod or anything. We're going, mm-hmm. no, we're going to use this cultural form, because yeah. nobody's actually worshiping a pagan god through Halloween. At least nobody here. Maybe the Druids are somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. the forest, but not in town. Absolutely. <laughs> and if they were, I'd pay careful attention to that. Yeah. Um, and sure. I think, you know, my wife grew up in, in church in the in the 90s. In fact, we've been, this has been fun, but I, I don't know if you guys remember Adventures in Odyssey. Oh, oh yeah. So All right. Much. So Adventures in Odyssey, I, so I didn't grow up in church. So like all this is brand new. So my yeah. kids and I, we've been falling to sleep at night listening to these Adventures in Odyssey. And there's some things that are a little crunchy, but it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also though, in that, in that era, there was a lot of you can'ts, you can'ts out there. Yes. There are oh, a lot yeah. of rules oh, placed yeah. onto people. And uh, my wife's kind of had to unlearn some of that. She wasn't a trick-or-treater. It was harvest parties only. Yeah. And I yeah. appreciate the sentiment, and I don't want to bash... Uh, my in-laws for that they were mm-hmm. right. doing the best they could you know they're like yes. okay well uh, yeah we'll we'll err on the side of caution we'll we will be careful mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. so i'm not judging them or criticizing them yeah. for right, that right, right. my kids trick-or-treat i love free candy so <laughs> <laughs> i'm too pragmatic <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways let's uh keep going and wrap up this section yeah yeah uh for if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. Yeah, so they're led astray. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, you know, Pastor Joe eats the meat. I guess Christianity and pagan worship can coincide. And so uh, they go back into the temple. And that's mm-hmm. and they, at that point, they're led astray. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Verse 12 says, When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience... You sin against Christ. All right. This, back to the mass conversation. This <laughs> is a big deal. He's saying, if you offend them, you offend him. Like mm-hmm. that, if you sin against them, you sin against God. Mm-hmm. That is heavy. That's, I didn't see that one coming. When I, I was know. reading through mm-hmm. this for the first time uh, many, many years ago, and now even, even when I get to this section, every time, it's the slap in the face. That if you purposely say, I could care less about them, I'm eating my steak. I could Ooh. care less about them, I'm drinking my drink. Whatever mm-hmm. the I could care less about thought is, mm-hmm. yeah. if it causes them to be led astray, discouraged, or weakened in their faith. And I like weak brother is weakened. I think that's better than a pejorative. Mm. That is sin. Yeah. Mm. That's if I a can, problem. If I can meander back to the mask conversation yeah. for a minute, there was a gal who came in to the Draper campus um, one Sunday morning when we had the renewed mandate, mm-hmm. and she works in the healthcare industry. And so she was standing in the service with her mask on, and she heard people ridiculing her mm. and the people next oh, to her for geez. wearing masks. They yep. were standing a couple of rows forward, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> not wearing their masks, you yep. know, defiantly and 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 saying, look at those people, you know, they think mm-hmm. that that's going to actually hurt them. And she, she walked out and she was so sad and she said, it was just so sad to see more than just a few people mm-hmm. and it, doing that. And she said, I, I just felt like they were giving the whole healthcare industry the f- finger. Yeah. Mm. And I thought, oh my goodness. I mean... How horrible. Mm-hmm. How horrible. Mm-hmm. What yeah. kind of a witness is that? Right. So we're using our freedom to like make a statement mm-hmm. and we're 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 violating the conscience. Well, it wasn't so much violating the conscience, but just just offending mm. our brothers and sisters over what? Man, this mm. is Mike, you're preaching now. This is why <laughs> evangelicalism has a bad name. Yes. You say you worship the God who gave his life for the world, and mm-hmm. you won't give up one iota of your freedom for anybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you think even, why would I sign up for that? This yeah. is why evangelicals look Oof. crazy. Yeah. You know, I, 
let's just talk about guns for a little bit. And I have a gun, and I love it. And uh-huh. I want I want more guns. They're cool. Okay, I like. Them. Are you packing right now? <laughs> I'm not right now. My jeans are too tight. Uh, <laughs> but the point the point is is this. Um, it seems to to the world watching. I don't think it's this way for these people mm-hmm. that are inside of that camp. And I consider myself in that camp. I'm an evangelical. Yeah. Um, but it seems to the world watching that you care more about your freedom to carry a gun than you do about whatever, maybe yes. even Jesus. Yeah. Right, your right, right. freedom yeah. is more important than Christ. Yeah. And um, that's usually not the case, but it can look that way to others. Sure, sure. And um, Paul is this passage will preach to that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, your freedom is not more important than love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is not. Now, if you want to talk in the arena of politics and advocate for freedom and rights, right. great, right, I understand right, right. that. Yes. But please be so careful that you don't mix and match them in a way that it yes. makes it look like Jesus was more about your freedom. Yes. Because he's not. Exactly. 100%. Freedom from sin, sure. Yeah. Salvation, of course. Yep. Yes, absolutely. He wants to set people free. But it's not free for their their rights in our 21st century world. Yeah. Yes. No. Yep. That's All right. So let's good. wrap it up, Adam. That's great. Uh, so last verse I believe that we're on is therefore, um, if I uh, sorry, therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. That's a powerful statement. I don't know how you how you argue against that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I got a little stump the chump for you though. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the chump? <laughs> okay. Well, either one of you. No. Um, so, no, what, what do you guys think about the fact that what Paul is advocating for here in, in saying, um, he's saying it's okay to eat meat sacrificed to idols, mm-hmm. which yes. seems to be a, a violation or in contradiction to the, the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. Mm-hmm. When, they were, when they, were, they were toiling over, like, what do we do with these brothers who were saying, mm-hmm. the Gentiles need to obey the law of Moses and be circumcised to be mm-hmm. saved or, mm-hmm. to, or just do it in general? And they, they mulled that over, and they talked about it, and they debated it, and they came back, and they said, you know what? No, we need to. Here's the things we need to tell the Gentiles to mm-hmm. abstain from, and one of them was meat sacrifice to idols. Yeah, there was there was four. There was blood, meat of strangled animals, and sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Yep. So what what would you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, how does Paul have the license here to to mm-hmm. go against the Jerusalem Council? Because he set aside his his freedom to eat meat, like he just said, mm-hmm. in that setting. It's mm-hmm. it, the setting mm-hmm. in Acts was a decision to are we all good with setting aside our freedom for this season? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what we should do. So it's the it's you have the uh, the instruction here from Paul, mm-hmm. and in Acts you have them living. So Paul's instruction gives actually two pathways. It's a fork in the road. It's a choose your own adventure sort of. It's who's around <laughs> you. Yeah, and yes. that, that's either left road or right road, left door or right door. Mm-hmm. Because of who was around them in Acts, they chose the right door. Lay down your freedom to eat the meat. That's, I think, what's happening. I it's a living ex- example of exactly what Paul was teaching. I think that's exactly right, and yeah. I think it it has to do with the fact that it was about how are you going to reach the Jewish people. Yeah, they were they they were struggling so hard with this issue. They said we got to give this up for the sake of whatever. And you know, <laughs> uh, here's an example. Many people know I love tattoos. I mean, if mm-hmm. I could go back and do life over again, like, you know, alter ego Eric, I'd be a tattoo artist. I think that'd be cool. Oh, wow. I don't have tattoos on my neck, okay? Yeah. I, I, I think that... I, I'm not saying I'm going to go out and get tattooed on my neck, <laughs> but I consciously think, although I think I'm free to have more tattoos, I purposely choose not to mm-hmm. because I think it would be a stumbling block for people that I'm trying to reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And... um that's on my mind. So I, yeah. that's a that's an example of like me in my own life setting aside some freedom mm-hmm. or preference for the mm-hmm. sake of purpose 
and love. Uh, and I think that the Acts uh, chapter, the Jerusalem Council, is a perfect example of them making that decision. And I'm so glad they did. We read Acts and we're like, dang it, why'd they, ca- they, they brought those rules back in? How dare they? <laughs> we should read and say, how beautiful. Yeah. Ooh. They decided to love like Paul taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Absolutely. Mike, they- yeah. Where in your life have you found yourself setting aside freedom or preference uh, for people? I'm curious. Mm-hmm. And Adam, I want to ask you the same question, too. Well, it's kind of a silly example, Not, but it's all right, for, for, for years here, I mean, when I first got uh, to Utah, I had a hoop in my ear. Ah! Oh, it, was, yeah. it was a big hoop. It wasn't a little tiny hoop. And uh, I eventually just decided that... Um, that could be for some people mm-hmm. a, a stumbling block, or they would just think it's weird. But the other thing was, I was a little more portly at the time, and I thought <laughs> that's not a good that's not a good look for the fat middle aged guy with the hoop earring. <laughs> There's a day where you pull out the earrings, huh? I, exactly. I had that day too. I took out my gauges on my wedding day and I never put them back in. Really? So that was me. You should yeah. put them back in. <laughs> they would for fit. April Fool's Day. <laughs> they would fit. Yeah. Adam, what about you? You know, really, this conversation I just think makes me think more not about the things that I. Um, have sacrificed, but or the however you want to put it, but the things that I need to continue to to get better at. Okay, mm. um, you know we've had this. I think you even said in a message recently. We've had conversations about this in general. Um, you know, we we I, I don't believe that when I stub my toe and I shout a word that um, <laughs> the big effie. That's what my kids call it. <laughs> that that God is um, is is um, is hurt by that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are many people that I love in my life who who do think that yeah and how i can do better at not um defiling their conscience yeah. in those mm-hmm. settings loving them better loving mm-hmm. them better um and not and not uh using language like that yep so uh, that's something i want to continue to get better at in that message i said it's more about the crowd than the consonants <laughs> you know how you form, <laughs> form your vowels you know yeah yeah. it's more about yeah. the venue than the vowels that's don't we have a friend you... who said there are no bad words only the bad use yeah of yeah, words. yeah, yeah. Sure, which i have yeah. i i kind of want to pick that apart someday but anyways mm-hmm. uh but but yeah i think that's a good point though it gets people thinking bad yeah. uses mm-hmm. of words uses of words become bad when they're used against people Absol- yes oh that's absolutely and that's and that's sure, what yes. our friend uh likes to say with that um <laughs> Um, and uh, so, anyways, well, I think that's that's helpful. We can wrap up uh, wrap up there. First Corinthians eight, I think. Yeah. I think uh, the, the teaching here from Paul, guys, to apply is be careful, go with love over Ooh. your freedom. Absolutely, be, be humble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, thank you all for being here today. As always, um, you can check out what other podcast material that we have at smccutah.org slash podcast, or you can check out just resources that we have at smccutah.org slash resources. And uh, we'd just love to have you uh, continue to join us. Leave us a review. Subscribe if you haven't already. And if you thought this episode was helpful, share it with a friend. Thank you all for being here. We will see you again next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.